Good morning, Faith Fellowship. Thank you, Daryl, for the uh, announcements. Um, yeah, okay. If you have your Bible, be turning to Acts chapter 13. We're going to uh, try to proceed forward. We're going to take a little bit of a step from Pastor Sam and uh, go through this slowly. <laughs> and so it may be 36 years before we get out of this chapter. <laughs> There's kind of a lot here, a lot of chunks, but and really, we're only going to really look at one verse, um, but we're going to read three, okay? And so the ones that we'll be looking at, just focusing on this morning, will be Acts 13, 13 through 15 are the verses. And just remember from our review from last week, we were looking at uh, uh, Alumas and, uh, and his wanting to really withstand the opportunity for the gospel to really come up to uh, Sergius. You know, remember Sergius was the governor of the whole isle and, uh, excuse me, of uh, Paphos, which is the city on the west coast of uh, Cyprus. And he had called for Saul and Barnabas to be there and to come and, and just to, hey man, tell me further about this gospel that I've been hearing about, you know? And remember Alumas, a Jew, prophet, sorcerer, a false prophet at that, uh, was really trying to hold that up. And, you know, we kind of just had some things that we wanted to just say, okay, what do we see here? Well, remember what he did was remind us to separate from the world because the thing that is unfortunate about Alamas is that uh, he knows better. From being an Israeli, he knows his history. He understands what God has done. There's a faithfulness there. There is no reason that he should be a false prophet or a sorcerer. No reason whatsoever. And so, you know, we kind of talked about that in great detail, just in terms of even how we evaluate ourselves as believers in Jesus Christ and, and not letting these outside influences eventually just affect who we are, right? This guy is adopting Gentile behavior, something that the Lord very much had said, hey, this can't be you if you're with me kind of thing, right? And then Paul, we saw from his example, just reminds us the fight is the Lord's, that ultimately he didn't punch anybody in the face. I mean, you could tell that he is a little upset about what's happening, but essentially, remember, he turned him over to the hand of the Lord and said, man, you're in the Lord's hands on this deal. Remember, the Alamos lost his sight. And so it's just a, it's a perfect reminder for us as we come up against opposition in the world, maybe we have forward bosses, maybe spouses, maybe leaders of some sort. Turn them back over to the Lord, right? Make your requests unto the Lord on their behalf and, and just and let the Lord sort them out. One of the best things ever that I've seen just being a leader, but still under leadership, like say at work, for example, I don't always agree with what it is that my bosses say to do. And sometimes they're very wrong. And like, because they're not in the situation, this is going to blow up in all of our faces. So what do I do? Instead of making my case and trying to make them look bad, the thing is I'm going to go to the Lord on my own behalf in the situation that we have, and the Lord will change it. And sometimes they change their mind. They're like, hey, we're not going to do this thing. And I'm like rejoicing to the Lord. And there's no drama between me and that, and that boss. Because the thing that I have to make sure that I always show is that, hey, you're the leader. I'm going to do what you asked me to do. Now, I, I know better in this situation just because I'm in the classroom or whatever the case is, but I still 
man, I want them to, to have, see that I have their best interests at heart, right? So let the Lord set that up for you. And then with Sergius reminds us that no matter what the state we are in, the Lord is ready to receive us. Now, this guy was inquiring, right? And, and by the end of everything, man, he actually does turn his heart to the Lord Jesus Christ, which is awesome, despite everything that happened. Perhaps it is because of the great detail by which things happened. He sees that and he kind of goes, oh, the Lord's not playing games here. No, not at all, right? But the Lord, at least because the Lord was on display, then the Lord, he doesn't, we don't end up stepping in the way. He doesn't need our help. <laughs> One of the things that sometimes we think that we can do is we have to be slick with our delivery. No, just be honest and genuine. Just love people. Just tell them the truth, right? Just tell them the truth. And so that happened. And so now we need to transition because something also of great importance is taking place in the very next verse after what it is we looked at last time. Our context this morning is going to be that Paul, Barnabas, and John Mark leave Paphos on the Isle of uh, Cyprus and go to uh, Persia and Pamphylia. The key issue here, though, is that John Mark leaves and goes back to Jerusalem. And so we need to read that. Let's look at that. Let's look at our text, and then we'll uh, get into it. In verse 13 through 15, it says this. Now, when Paul and his company loosed from Paphos, they came to Persia in Pamphylia, and John, departing from them, returned to Jerusalem. But when they departed from Persia, they came to Antioch in Pisidia, and went into the synagogue on the Sabbath day and sat down. And after the reading of the law and the prophets, the rulers of the synagogue sent unto them, saying, Ye men and brethren, if ye have word of exhortation for the people, say on. Which is incredible. And we'll talk, excuse me, we'll talk about that a little bit the next time that we're together. Um, just in terms of that invite that they're getting there. You know how we like to do this, right? We want to drill down and just look at these key things in the verse here. Of the one thing I just want to let you know of Persia, it's an earthy town in Pamphylia on the river uh, Cestus at a distance of about seven miles from its mouth and famous in antiquity for the worship of Artemis or Diana. So, you know, we hear about that later, like in Ephesians. And so there are some other places that also worship to this goddess. That loosed, when you see that, that is very interesting. In Acts 27, 13, it says this, and when the south wind blew softly, supposing that they had obtained their purpose, loosing thence, they sailed close by Crete. Okay, so the work was done that needed to happen in Paphos, right? And so now they have, okay, I've done it. I've, I've exercise what it is that we're supposed to do here. Now the Lord is kind of moving us on into this next phase here. And Pamphylia, I want to call to your attention. You don't remember because it's been a while since we, matter of fact, it might've been before COVID actually. You, you hear that uh, city mentioned in Acts 2, chapter 10, or uh, <laughs> uh, chapter 2, verse 10. Some of the people that uh, witnessed the filling of the Holy Spirit were from Pamphylia. Okay, so now you know that there's some connection there. Now it's close in proximity to Cyprus. And I think at some point we'll see our slide that just has that, uh, the map on it. I don't know, Serena, did you do it? See. Yeah, okay. So just, just so you see, just in terms of where we're talking about, this is where they are and this is where they're going. Okay, so you see that relatively close. I mean, you know, not, not in this day and age. It would be close for us now, but uh, not as close with these guys back then. And so 
perhaps they are, you know, wanting to just make good on see how those things are doing, what, you know, check on them and, and, and go on with those things. But I wanted to just call to your attention there in Acts 2, 5 through 11, just so you see there again, kind of what was taking place. It's a big deal. And there were dwelling at Jerusalem Jews, devout men of every nation under heaven. Now, when this was noised abroad, the multitude came together and were confounded because that every man heard them speak in his own language. And they were all amazed and marveled, saying one to another, Behold, and not all these which speak Galileans? And how hear we every man in our own tongue wherein we were born? Parthians and Medes and Elamites and the dwellers in Mesopotamia and Judea and Cappadocia and Pontus and Asia, Phrygia and Pamphylia in, e in Egypt and in the parts of Libya about Cyrene, strangers of Rome, Jews and, uh, Jews and proselytes, Cretes and Arabians, we do hear them speak in our tongues the wonderful works of God. And so you see there, this becomes now a key city. So remember, Paul is strategic, and this is where uh, MBTs, our head is in the same space. Key men, key cities, right? So this is a key city mentioned here. There's some representatives that have already been to Jerusalem and seeing what is going on. So now things are starting to kind of take shape. There's molding, there's all of that. And so these guys have to make sure that, you know, they're going to just live out what it is that they've heard, right? Okay, but now we get to John. And this is where we're going to rest our hat this morning. And, in, and um, just to read it again, in 13, it says, and it says it very quickly. I mean, you could just really pass over it and not pay it any attention, but I want to bring it to your attention. It says again, now when Paul and his company lose from Paphos, so they had done a work, they finished, and actually take your Bible, and if you got your app, just scroll up to uh, uh, verse 5. And if you have your actual physical Bible, look at verse five there. So I want you to see, okay, what it says about John there. And in verse five, it says, and when they were at Salamis, they preached the word of God in the synagogues of the Jews, and they had also John to their minister. Okay, now, so just a question to the audience. Is John Mark profitable to the ministry at this point? I see head nods, yes. Okay, everybody see that. We get down to 13. And if you just, if you didn't know any better, you would think, oh, well, you know, maybe he got a letter or something happened. He got to rush home, something, you know, take care of, maybe left on iron on or something. <laughs> Gotta go back, right? Okay, here's where it gets spooky. And the concern that we should have and why we gotta be careful. The one thing I wanna to bring to your attention is the fact that the ministry continues regardless of what this cat does, okay? This just, we just go into the next verse. There's not a whole lot right here and it just keeps going. And so now that's something that really should be um, striking to us. Listen, you're not gonna hold up the ministry. I'm just, you by yourself is not going to hold it up but you do have an effect on it. Now, the scripture reference for this is in Acts 15. And man, Acts 15 is a hot chapter. There's a lot going on right there. And when we, you know, we're gonna get to it in time. But I wanna call, just so you have the context of why it is that he left. Okay, and look in verses 36 through 41. All right, the scripture reference from out of Acts 13, 13 is 38. 
1538. But we need to get the whole picture here. So let's look at in 36, it says, and some days after Paul said unto Barnabas, let us go again. Okay, so that means they went back home, right? Let us go again and visit our brethren in every city where we have preached the word of the Lord and see how they do. And Barnabas determined to take with them John, whose surname was Mark. And here it is. But Paul thought not good to take him with them who departed from them from Pamphylia and went not with them to the work. Oh, boy. <laughs> 39. And the contention was so sharp between them, guys, that they departed asunder one from the other. And so Barnabas took Mark and sailed unto Cyprus. And Paul chose Silas and departed, being recommended by the brethren unto the grace of God. And he went through Syria and Sicilia, confirming the churches. This dynamic du duo, I mean, this, this ain't like Batman and Robin. It's Superman and Batman. Splits. As a result of John Mark's decision to come back to Jerusalem. So the Bible is trying to give you a window into there is more to this, which is why we need to look at it. Okay. All the scripture references, I believe. Let's see. Let's go to the next slide here. So I want you guys to take a picture of these scripture. These are the scripture references off of Acts 15:38. And we're not going to look at all of them. The one that we're going to focus on is um, Proverbs 25, 19. But I want you to look at those. Now do you see why this is alarming? And one of the things that is very interesting is what it says in Proverbs. I'll read it uh, for you guys that are in the back there. Confidence in an unfaithful man in the time of trouble is like a broken tooth and a foot out of joint. Oh, my God. Now, you guys, how many, just a show of hands, how many have had mouth pain? Did that or did that not stop you in your tracks once that pain showed up? You're going to stop what you're doing. I remember one time when I had to have my wisdom tooth pulled, it was impacted and I woke Serene up in the middle of the night. I was crying, like literally crying from the pain. I had my head up against the wall in our bedroom. I had to go to the ER to try to get some. It was unbearable how that felt. There's no pain like mouth pain. Back pain is close. <laughs> That's pretty bad, too. And then foot pain. Think about that. So now what is the Bible trying to give us a window into when it's talking about mouth and foot? You are now rendered useless when that shows up. And the thing is, to call attention again to that verse is confidence in an unfaithful man. So that means like it's on shaky ground already. So now what happened was the thing is you're seeing Paul and Barnabas minister. He's right there beside him. Guys, it worked. The thing that they went to do happened. Sergius gets saved. But it was under some stress. There's this great issue that takes place. And so much so, as John is considering going to the next place, he's like, man, I'm out. Whoa. I'm out. And what I just witnessed was victorious. That, it just shook me to my core. 
Because I'm thinking about like, man, do I do the same thing? Do I sometimes want to quit when the, when the Lord is moving and I can, I can see it around and not only in the lives of people around me, like directly the Lord is using me and still like have those thoughts like I want to quit. Like I'm going to go home. I'm not going to get in the word. I'm not going to say this prayer. I'm not going to show up for Bible study. I'm not going to finish discipleship. Man, I'm in a place of victory. Man, you know how we talk about our church in such a favorable light, and it's only by God's grace that we have that. If you guys were here for the for the um, uh, ministry appreciation dinner, Sam, very greatly, <laughs> because it's super easy, because we love each other, it's just to like fawn all of these, uh, oh, you're great, and oh man, Justin, you're the best, and Daryl, you're the fan, most fantastic man ever. And Sam was just like, uh, God is good. We're awful. Because that's the answer. And so now I don't get to look at John Mark in some light as if this is not something I could do myself. I very much could. That's why we have to give attention to it. And so I think the thing that we kind of have to ask ourselves is like, just as a question, what makes us faithful? What is the thing that makes you faithful? Man, is it, is it the fact that you, you go to a church that's going to teach the word of God? Man, that's great. Are there people that you know were sitting next to you last year before COVID that are no longer sitting next to you? No longer, not even on Zoom. They're nowhere to be found. Guys, this is serious business. And the enemy very much means to sift us by these things if we don't pay attention to it. And I think the recipe for how it is that we can avoid this, because guys, listen, I'm, gonna, I'm just going to spoil the trailer. Of course, John Mark is good with Paul. By the end, before the Bible ends, praise the Lord, there is restoration. But what I'm saying is, is this is avoidable. This kind of scenario is avoidable. And I am desperate. I am begging the Lord for it to be true in my life, but also true in your life. I don't think we have to have this, like we, you know, we kind of like doing that. What's the one dance where you go forward and then you go back and then, the whole, yeah. Right. You, you don't have to do that. Like, I don't know. We kind of think a little bit like in our faith, like that's kind of a, a rite of passage that I should take a step forward and then two steps backwards. That's not what Paul did. That's not what Barnabas did. It is what John did. And it's recorded for our study. So let's look at some. I want you to take notice of a, of a, of a, set of verses in Isaiah, Isaiah 30, 1 through 3. That's going to kind of be, that's going to set us up here because I want to avoid this. I don't, I, listen, I don't want that to be a part of my narrative that, uh, oh, Dell was, you know, a faithful guy, but then he had a year or five or a decade where he just gave up on the ministry. He went home. I don't, I don't want that to be the case. 
And so, okay, in Isaiah 30, one through three, it says this. Woe to the rebellious children, saith the Lord, that take counsel, but not of me. And that cover with a covering, but not of my spirit. And that they may add sin to sin. Oh boy, that is, that just punches you right in the stomach. That walk to go down into Egypt and have not asked at my mouth to strengthen themselves in the strength of Pharaoh and to trust in the shadow of Egypt. Therefore shall the strength of Pharaoh be your shame and the trust in the shadow of Egypt your confusion. Guys, that's the scripture reference for that Proverbs. Serious. Okay, but it gives us a window into how we can fix these things. So kind of like the first thing I would say write down if they were, I was thinking today, pray for me, guys. I, I want to, it's, I, you know, <laughs> I want to grow up to where there are um, blanks that you have to fill in. And I was thinking like, that could have happened <laughs> on this one. So here it would be, we must take heed to God's word. God's word would have been the blank, <laughs> you know. We must take heed to God's word. If you notice in Isaiah 31, it says, woe to the rebellious children, saith the Lord, that take counsel. So you, you're, somebody's in your ear, but it ain't me. Boy, <laughs> how many of us know how that is? Everybody has uh, kind of wants to take a number to tell you, give you advice on what you should do. Everybody, <laughs> right? I mean, whether you want it or not. And in the Midwest, you might get it from the grocery store because that's just how people are, right? Oh, you should do that. You should be quiet. <laughs> Leave me alone, right? Now, not all the counsel that you're going to get outside of actually the word of God is bad counsel. But the thing is this, listen, this is how you qualify. Does it point you back to the word of God? If the counsel you receive does not point you back to the word of God, throw it out. That's how you do that. It's, it's real easy. Now, notice I didn't say unless they have such and such title in your life. I, but I need to. <laughs> say that okay all the counsel that you receive should go back in first timothy 4 16 it says this take heed unto thyself and unto the doctrine continue in them for in doing this thou shalt both save thyself and them that hear thee see that listen the lord is not wanting you to uh walk this life where the things that his word said is just for you to always give away you need to take it. <laughs> you need to own it. You need to do it. That's why I was saying, when I was looking at this, I was just thinking to myself like, man, could I be a John Mark? Absolutely. I have the same thing within me to be that same individual. If I don't take heed to God's word, if I, when I'm looking at the word of God and I see that it gives clear instruction on something and I just basically say, well, not today, not at this time, not this month, that's too hard for me. Lord, I don't feel like it. Man, listen. That's dangerous, guys. It is dangerous for us of the household of faith to do it. We clearly see what that's like for the world who just ignore it. Like the Bible is the most archaic, ridiculous document ever. <laughs> it's how the world treats it, right? 
And when his children do the same thing, how disrespectful is that for what took place on the cross? The Lord's entire intention is not to leave you stranded by yourself. This is not the thing where people just say, like in our craft, in the craft world, and those of us that work blue collar understand this. Sometimes you go to somebody that has knowledge and you ask them for help and they say, just figure it out. That's not what the Lord has ever said to us. <laughs> just figure it out. I hate that. It is the whole idea on which I teach by. Because when I heard that as an iron worker, I did, I'm going to make mistakes. Because you didn't tell me, journey person, how to do this. That's not what the Lord does. But sometimes we act like that, right? As if whatever he has said to us is not the right thing. And so now I get to throw out. Guys, listen. Um, the Bible is not an hors d'oeuvre table, okay, where you just, oh, what's that one? Oh, I don't know. No. Take this one with the jams. <laughs> the cheese. I understand this. What is that? No, I don't want that. <laughs> right? That's how we do the hors d'oeuvre table. You take what you want and you pick, you know, kind of get what you, no, that's no. No. <laughs> no. You can hear good preaching, be a part of a Bible study, even be in discipleship. But if you're not accountable to do what the Bible says, you instantly become a liability. Instantly. Instantly, you are a liability to the faith. And now what you actually serve to do is the reverse. So now people look at you because God has placed all of us in specific spots because the Lord likes ninjas just like we do. Why wouldn't you? Ninjas are cool. And so he makes us ninjas. He's like, hey, go over here. Take this thorn star. Work over here. And you get to do that. And the whole thing about being a ninja is like, you're going to identify as being a ninja. I'm a ninja. That's, that's what I do. You know, this. It's not, I don't know. That was baseball and ninja together. But so like be the ninja. That's why you're at work. That's why you work in a place that it's not the same. We're not all piled up in the same office. Don't destroy the testimony of the Lord in the lives of people who are looking at you. Man, let's not be reckless. The other thing that we would do that I would have as a blank is we must operate in the spirit. We're going to take heed to God's word. We got to operate in the spirit. And listen, everybody in here that has been at a, this church for a year has heard Galatians. I'm going to read more of it. In Galatians 5, 22, through 26, it says this, but the fruit of the spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance. Against such there is no law. And don't miss it, verse 24, and they that are Christ have crucified the flesh with the affections and lust. If we live in the spirit, let us also walk in the spirit. Let us not be desirous of vainglory, provoking one another, envying one another. So to call it back to that Isaiah verse when he says, and that the cover with the covering, but not of my spirit. Guys, we cannot function that way. See, if there, if there was a spirit of fear that showed up in John Mark, man, and, I, and you know, like, I, I imagine Paul and Barnabas strike me as the type of guys that can read body language and expression 
and there was discussion. Hey, man, you all right? How you doing? And he might have just clammed up. Maybe he said whatever he said, and then they gave him truth, and then he just said, nah, I'm not feeling that. Because I have the spirit of fear that is now taken over good counsel, good biblical doctrine. So guys, it works the same way in us. The circumstance, the fear, the individual, the uh, uh, <laughs> lack of funds, the difficulty with spouses or children is not a, a reason for me to now not function in the spirit. Trial is not an excuse to not walk in the spirit. Like we have to come to that. The trial that they were watching Sergius and this whole Alumas and just everything that took place there would have been overwhelming to watch physically. The guy had sight and he didn't by the time they left. That doesn't happen every day. <laughs> I mean, that's a lot. And I get it. But the thing is, is that you have, okay, there is always a truth. The Lord is still true. So just stick with him. He's true. The circumstance will always try to say it's more true. Right? And so, man, I'm begging you this morning to look into your heart. It cannot just be the circumstance, the fear, the pain, the trial, the, the issue. And maybe, guys, let's be honest. Some of you have been in a season of just bleh. Every time you turn around, there's some new thing, some new issue. This person, you, why can't you just be nice to me? And they just refuse to be nice to you, right? Just refuse. It could be the boss. It could be the spouse. It could be your children, right? And so then sometimes it's like, it's the hurt that you feel from that now overrides the comfort that the Lord can provide. Is that true? That is not truth. That's how you feel about it. And you have to be willing to throw that out. I don't think Brother John Mark was willing to throw that out. That's why he went all the way back to Jerusalem. I wish I had that slide up. Don't, you don't have to go back to it, just so we could see. How, it's not even on that map. <laughs> it's not a short trip. So now, guess what he gets to do? Think about it the whole way. And boy, how many of us know? I, some of us are more analytical because I know you guys well enough. Thank the Lord. He's given me discernment about the flock that I have. But some of you are really analytical and I know how you think. When you are in your thoughts, you are buried in them. Buried in them. You can't, the Lord is nowhere to be found because the only thing you can think is how you, how you feel about it, how it looks, it's impossible. Man. Man, I hope you hear me this morning. In Galatians 25, when it says, if we live in the spirit, let us also walk in the spirit. I, it, I like that it just said, man, if, you, if that's where you're at, then walk in it. And here's the, fr the fruit it produces. So these things should be named of us. And these spaces and places that we're going to be in, man, that we can function. And one of those things is faith. 
It's faith. John Mark didn't have that. Maybe we don't either this morning. Maybe we're on the cusp of turning back, of giving up. Forget this. This doesn't work. Even though you could give, you would be willing to give testimony. And maybe you have on the behalf of another brother and sister in this church. And you have spoke greatly about how it is that God has moved in their lives. But you don't believe that God has you on his radar. And so you just live in failure. And now you're getting used to it. Like struggle is normal. That's not normal. It's not normal for us to be in this place where it's always like I'm striving against the Lord. That's not normal. That was the one of the things that was so interesting in a, in a, in a, like a real physical sense. When I moved to Johnson County and I saw like how I grew up, the thing was, is like you do the best you can, you try to get the best job you can, but you want to look good, right? So you got to have the fly shoes, best haircut, best clothes, best car. Your house could be dilapidated. We're not really there on the house yet. Now we could be, my Cadillac is clean and you know it. And I have a reputation for that. And one of the things that when I moved into JO was I was looking at young couples that had super humble cars. And then I would be talking to them, you know, and it's like, yeah, 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 our family's going on this vacation home, da, da, da. I was like, what? You, with that Corolla, how do you, you know, in my head, I'm just processing it. Like, like, oh, that's why you have a Corolla. Got it. <laughs> and it just, it helped me to understand that what I grew up in was normal. That's not normal. That's just how it was. And I'm not saying against it or for it. It's just, that's not the norm. You need to re-identify what is normal. And you're only going to do that by taking heed of God's word first. If I take heed of what God's word says is normal, then I'm going to function in a way that says, okay, God says this is how things should go. I'm going to believe that and move forward in faith. Oh, now I'm walking in the spirit. See what I'm saying? It's different versus letting the circumstance go. How do I react Oh, I don't know what to do. Let me just do what I used to do. Nope. Man, reactive faith. It don't take faith to be reactive. And it often doesn't work out very well for us. The next thing, the last thing is we must pray. And you say, Dell, of course. I know. Uh-uh. Now, mm-mm. Because sometimes we treat prayer as if it's the, the weakest thing I could do, especially when we're in need. You want people to respond to your need, not pray for you. Give me the money, right? Don't pray for me to get it. See what I'm saying? That's how we kind of look at it. Now, we have at least set up a proper example in this place where we have Tuesday night prayer and just the fact that we are a house of prayer, everything, we pray about everything and we should. But let me, let's look at what the book says in terms of how those prayers should go. Because the Bunyan's Funyan's prayers, while need to be made, uh, they're not the highest priority. And the thing is this, listen, anytime 
You are the center of your prayers. Boy, you are, you about to John Market. I'm just, I'm telling you. You are about to John Market. Why? Because you feel in the pressure of life and you're like, God, I got, I need you to really move in this situation. So you don't see the stuff that he's got you in. Listen, the Lord always gives you opportunity to please him. Now, notice I said to please him, not you, him. So you always got a shot at it. This is why he told the maniac of Gadara, hey, he's like, hey, I want to go with you. He's like, no, go and tell him about what I did for you. And then he did it to 10 cities. It couldn't have been just about him. Now he gets a chance to talk about what it is that Jesus had done for him. So man, watch them prayers. Let me help you out. Luke 11, two through four, you know it. Some of us maybe need to make it a memory verse, set of verses. It says, and he said unto them, when you pray, say our father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done as in heaven, so in earth. Give us day by day our daily bread and forgive us our sins, for we also forgive everyone that is indebted to us and lead us not to temptation, but deliver us from evil. You see how that starts? Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Do you start your prayer like that? Or is it just, it's Santa Claus time. Here's my list. Do these things. We'll be good. I'll see you at church. If you don't, I'll see you next week. Give you another shot at it. <laughs> I mean... I'm just, I'm just telling you, it, I'm, I am oversimplifying it, but let's face it, some of us are doing that. That's how we pray. Here's my list. How come my life is awful? I'm upset with you. I'm holding that against you. I know we've heard the sovereign God. Yeah, I don't believe that for you. Not in terms of my life. Make sure that it works out the way that I want. If it doesn't, I'm going to do that. And then it's messy. And then you show up back in front of, hey, so this is messy. Can you clean it up, please? I mean, wow. Uh, the Lord is not your butler or waiter. It's the Lord. You realize that when we see him, your natural reaction is going to not look at him. Everybody in the Bible that gets a chance to see the angel of the Lord, they head down. Because you know that's holiness. These horrible eyes don't need to behold that. So I'm going to just look down. I wish that we had that kind of reverence in our prayers. But sometimes we make uh, accusations in our prayers. List. And anger. Right? It's shameful when I think about something that I behold that I consider majestic. I've been to Colorado. I was looking at the pictures. Um, I think that was 2013, long time ago, almost 10 years ago. And uh, when we were driving, it was dusk. And so there's a point once you get out of Hayes, Kansas, that you can see the Rocky Mountains. But because it was dark and it was a storm, I couldn't see it, but I could see a sharp peak like this. So I'm like, man, that's got to be the mountains we're dry, like we're looking at. So Serena and I get to the hotel, 
it's nighttime, pitch black. I mean, like, we, I, you know, I looked outside. Guys, now, if anybody's been to Colorado Springs, it is at the base of Pikes Peak, the base of it, right? Like, no, there's, there's no place in that city you cannot turn around and see that mountain range, okay? And you're going to see the rest of the 14ers, what they call them, because there's a lot of peaks there that are 14,000 feet. So the next morning I get up and come out of the hotel and the hotel is blocking and I just, I just peeked around and I was just like, I mean, mouth dropped. I, in awe of what I was looking at. I don't pray like that though. For the person that created those mountaintops and they look like anthills to him, I don't pray like that. I'm ashamed of that. I should. Is your mouth open when you are about to open your mouth to the Lord? In awe. Are you in awe of his ability to take care of your situation, to fix it, resolve it, move you forward in faith, change it? All of those things. Everything that he did on the cross. Man, shamefully, we forget it when we come to him. Hallowed be thy name. The next thing it says, thy kingdom come. Not bunions, not what I need. It's not list time. Thy kingdom come. There should be an amount in our prayers every day that it is related to kingdom focus. John Mark lost focus. If he got afraid, he just started worrying about what John Mark thinks, how John Mark feels. So now I'm going to take a boat back to Jerusalem? Are you crazy? You know how long that's going to take? You better just stay. It's a shorter trip <laughs> to just keep going. But listen, that's how it is. When you fall back, it's longer than it is for you to just move forward in faith. That's a smaller step, guys. You realize that that step back would be like a leap backwards. Man, I, I'm begging you for a kingdom focus. Thy will be done, as in heaven, so on earth. Give us day by day our daily bread. Man, are you asking for the Lord's wisdom for the day's needs when you approach him in prayer? You kind of want, like, magic for it to be one of the things. You just say it, and then all of a sudden, while it's happened, you hear that, the chimes, like somebody just ran their hand across the chimes, and then it's better when you look at the situation. Uh, that's a cartoon. That's not life. <laughs> okay? <laughs> That's not how this goes. I got to ask for wisdom. I need him to tell me what it is that I need to do next, especially when I'm undone in the situation I'm in. I got to know, God, I got to know from you, from the smartest individual, the, the, the creator of everything that can hold the tight tolerance of how much oxygen we need to have so that we don't either float away or just die or combust. It's a tight tolerance. I'm telling you, look it up. Tight. The Lord's like, I got that. That's easy. Who got gravity? <laughs> so you don't just go, mm -hmm. <laughs> he can't fix my problems. He can't fix my family. He can't fix my work situation. He can do gravity, but he can't do that. It's silly. It's silly. <laughs> we are, humans are silly. 
Uh, <laughs> thank God for his mercy. Mm. Listen, the other thing it says here is to ask for discernment. Some of you lack that in, in piles. <laughs> you just enter things like, I don't know. It's like there's a, a werewolf and a shark in this pool. And you're like, what is that? What are you doing? <laughs> right. I didn't know this wasn't going to work out. How did you not see that? You need discernment. You need better. You need to make better choices. Some of the things that you are struggling with are just consequences of your own decisions. The Lord's not punishing you. He don't have to. Your that was a dumb decision. So he's just going to let it live out. <laughs> you know? And you know what? He's right there with you. And Praise the Lord, because if it was me, I would say, you know, that was dumb, right? But I'm still with you. Let's go. Okay. No. He doesn't even do that. Right? How do you approach his word? How do you walk in the spirit? How do you pray? There needs to be an adjustment. And the last thing is that ask for that deliverance. Ask for it. And until he does it, be content because he wants you to sit in it a little bit. He don't want you to forget it. You know how I talk about often in terms of that bankruptcy, man, that's seven years long. And it was all of that seven years. Because for me to buy a car, it was going to be 23, 7% interest to do it. I was like, oh no, I'm not doing that. For this Cavalier, are you crazy? <laughs> no. Man, just be in it. If the Lord is like, this is, your, this is your space, I want you in right now. Learn the lesson. There's a lesson there. Don't just look for relief and comfort right away. He is the comfort. You see what I'm saying? Be, you being out of the thing does not make it better. He's there with you. It's already better. If you have the Lord, it's better. I'd rather be enslaved with the Lord than to be free without him. I'm just telling you. Because am I really free if I don't have him? True freedom only comes from the Lord. And so if we don't take heed to God's word, walk in the spirit or pray biblically, then the fruit it produces will be to our shame. John Mark, forever. You will have Acts 13, Acts 15, 38. Forever, John Mark, you will have that. But God is good. He also has 2 Timothy 4, 11. And it says this, Paul asked for Mark to come. Oh, I, that's not the actual verse. Let's go there and read it. I didn't, I made a notation right there. I don't think I actually, <laughs> sorry. I was, that was about to be heresy on all kinds of levels. <laughs> so now in the last part here, he says, in starting in verse nine, Paul says, do thy diligence to come shortly unto me for demons have forsaken me. Demas, forever, recorded in the Bible. Horrible. Uh, having loved this present world and is departed unto Thessalonica, uh, uh, Crescens to Galatia, Titus unto Dalmatia, only Luke is with me. Take Mark and bring him with thee, for he is profitable to me for the ministry. Praise the Lord. God is good. God is about second chances, third, fourth, fifth. L literally, the chances are until you are dead. <laughs> That's just how the Lord works. 
So if you found yourself this morning saying, Dale, I'm guilty, I'm John Mark, or I'm approaching that. Hey, listen, uh, flee. Flee. Today is a day of transformation of that. We don't have to move forward in that way. You don't have to go back to Jerusalem. Stay. Stay here. Be with us. Continue with us. I want to close in prayer, and I want to call you to action. Examine whether or not you are on the cusp. Examine whether or not you are in that space. If you've already headed, you know, tail between your legs, headed back, back into the world, back to do whatever you want to do, city. Man, leave that place behind. Come and be with the household of faith, in faith. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, Lord, I thank you so much uh, just for today. And Lord, I do pray that all of us would consider, myself included, Father, forgive us um, just for that failing heart, those wandering eyes of just the idea that anything could be better than being with you. Lord, that is a lie from the pit of hell. And so, Lord, I'm just asking, would you help us to just really look inside and would you move us forward in faith? You are our captor and the holder of our salvation. Lord, let us, let us consider that. Let us be in awe of you. Lord, you are good to us. Lord, if you didn't do anything else going forward, you've already done just incredible, amazing things. And so, Father, help us to see right, do right, think right, Lord, according to Scripture. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.